0: morning again welcome you to our first Sunday school meeting of the year and we're going to finish up a study we started this will be the final part to it but as I was looking at the paper briefly this morning one thing I think we can all be thankful for especially in 2015 I saw this in the parade wisdom for the new year they list a few people but you know where the wisdom for the, good, for the new year is, right here. And that's why we study it, that's why we look to it, that's why we look to God to help us understand it and apply it. And that just kind of hit me this morning, that reminder, we need to be thankful we have God's Word to guide us, to show us what God wants us to do with our lives Over this past Christmas, New Year's season, I've been looking at some old pictures of our sons growing up and remembering the T-ball games in California, the high school football games at Doherty High School back in Colorado, the bowling leagues that our sons were in, the soccer games in Colorado come rain or shine, and sometimes a little snow in Colorado. The soccer games usually went on. But memories of attending most of those games, as I looked at the pictures and the ongoing exhortations to our sons, make that tackle, chase him down, block that shot, pump those legs. A lot of that with the soccer. And of course, as you hear with all the games that are put on TV, that was a great goal. Even longer than that. We're at the final study in our series, Exhortations in These Last Days, as we return to Philippians 1 and 2. This morning we'll finish with that final exhortation from the Apostle Paul, as led by the Holy Spirit. That final exhortation is, Be light in this dark world. And we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18. And what a way to start 2015. That exhortation to be light in this dark world. In these verses, we will find three ways to be light in this dark world. And it's getting darker. Sin is getting more rampant and more open. But yet, God is our light God is the one who leads our path. He shines the light ahead of us so we know what step to take each day. But here in this passage, Philippians 2, 12 through 18, three ways to be light in this dark world. If you'd follow along with me, this passage, Philippians 2, beginning at verse 12. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, Not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may have cause to glory, because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. But even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. And you too, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. Powerful verses as we begin a new year. But before we look at this final part of our exhortations in these last days, let's review the first three exhortations. The first exhortation was back in Philippians 1, 27 through 30. And it said there, We are to stand firm in the middle of Persecution. By knowing we're of one Spirit, that we're striving for the Gospel, and we're suffering for His sake. Our second exhortation in Philippians 2, 1-4 shared, we are to be united by humility as we follow the steps of recognizing we're one body in Christ. We have a common foundation. A reminder to think alike that we have a core of beliefs. That we stand by. And if we don't know what our convictions are based on God's Word, we'll be easily misled and we'll get confused. Everything we believe needs to be based on the Word. And then also to be united by humility, we need to remember to put others first. We need to live out what the acronym JOY, Jesus, others, and you. We're last. Jesus is first. Others are second. And then last week, our third exhortation revealed in Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Remember Christ's example of humility with those three questions. Who's our example? It's Jesus. How is this humility shown through Jesus' incarnation? And then what were the results of his humility? Jesus was highly exalted and given the name that only he is given, Lord. Now to our final study in this series, beginning Philippians 2, verse 12, and our final exhortation again, Be light in this dark world. This passage, three ways to be light in this dark world. The first way, verses 12 and 13, by working out our salvation. Again we read, So then, my beloved, just of you as always obeyed, not only in my presence, Only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Right away, it goes back, working out our own salvation. It goes back, it says, therefore. We're going back to chapter 1, verse 27, where it said the following... Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I may hear of you that you're standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. That's where he began to exhort us to live for the Lord. As I tell inmates, as I remind myself, every time I walk into Pinellas County Jail, today is a gift from God. He's given us today. That's it. And I remind the inmates, thank God He woke you up this morning. You have a purpose today as His son, as His daughter. There's a purpose for us when we wake up in the morning and then thank the Lord for that day and then also thank Him and say, Lord, help me to learn whatever lesson you have for me. And the one that my... uh, the one service that I do on Thursdays, the one that I always remind the inmates, what's the hardest lesson to learn, the one we never have to ask for, but James reminds us about it quite often, patience. Oh, wow, we don't, we don't need to ask for that one because we get plenty of opportunities to grow in our patience. But in that patience, our faith grows and our faith grows in Jesus because he's always the answer. Not sometimes, but always. So therefore is a reference back to 127, where he begins to exhort us. And there's the words to a song, and don't be afraid, I'm not going to sing it. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. This second verse, I think, is a challenge, especially to begin a new year. They're all expecting me, and that's one thing I know. My Savior pardon me, and now I onward go. I know He'll take me through, though I am weak and poor, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, You know I have no friend like You. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? We rub shoulders every day with those who are headed to hell unless they accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And each of us are put in a special place that God has us there to be lights in this dark world because everyone needs Jesus. And we have opportunities to share with those who are lost and sometimes we miss that opportunity, but then we need to be looking for the next one. That's why we need to pray, Lord, help me... To see the divine appointments you've made for me today. Because he's made them for each one of us. We all have a unique position to share. It talks about beloved. It says, my beloved. So then, my beloved. They're the ones who deeply care about each other. Displaying love that we should have for each other here at Lakeside. As brothers and sisters in Christ. And then he goes back and says, as you have always obeyed over all the believers in Philippi had been faithful in following the commands from God's Word. We have God's Word in its entirety to study, to look at, to apply, to live by. And too often we don't open it enough. Every day we should be in the Word. That's part of what we need to feed on spiritually. We need God's Word. But they overall had been obeying in Philippi, and and he's encouraging them. And I've asked this before in sharing from God's Word. How many get too much encouragement? Just way too much. Back off. I can't take any more. We never get too much, and we can never share too much. Because when we see somebody struggling, as James reminds us many times, as we've studied through James with Pastor Joe, Reminds us many times to look on our brother and see a need and God prompts us to do something and we don't. How can that person look at us and say they've got a real faith? There's no action to it. We need to fulfill seeing the need, God moving our hearts, and if we can do something, do it. It says here, exhorts us, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. doesn't mean we try to work our way to heaven. That's not what it's talking about. But that we're actively pursuing obedience to God's Word as we allow God to set us apart. Our standards aren't the world's standards. They're God's standards. And His standards are in His Word. Romans 12:2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect Will of God. Working out means to continually work. To bring something to completion. To carry out to a goal. To actively pursue obedience to God's word. Charles Swindoll shares. It's used for working a mine or a field. When you work a mine. You would yield valuable elements. A digging for gold or a silver mine. Or when you're working a field. That it would yield crops. Sometime in the future. We're exhorted in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That's the key. And then Ephesians 4, 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to have a walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. How much greater calling could we have to be adopted sons and daughters in God's family? What greater calling is there to be serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords? It says we're to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. This speaks of a healthy fear of offending God as we show a deep respect for God. Verse 13 reminds us, it's our Lord who produces the good works and fruits in our lives. God works through us. Verse 13, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God works through us because the Holy Spirit indwells us and God energizes our desires and actions Ephesians six ten. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I shared with an inmate not long ago that it's not our efforts, but it's God working through us that we serve Him. All our fruit, all our works that God accomplishes through us is for who? For God's good pleasure. God wants us to please Him in all that we do because we have one opportunity on this earth to serve God. One opportunity to be ambassadors for the Lord. Our lives are to be lived for God's greater glory, not our own glory. Commentator Kenneth Weesh shares, It is not a let go and let God affair. It is a take hold with God's business. It is a mutual cooperation with the Holy Spirit in an interest and activity in the things of God. Don't waste the day. Don't waste the opportunities God gives us. Do our activities and interests bring glory to God? And if not, why not? And we need to relook at them. The second way to be light in this dark world, verses 14 to 16... Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world holding fast the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may have cause to glory because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. It begins with Do all things. I had a professor in seminary at Grace. Uh, His name was Paul Fink. And he had quite a name there, Paul Fink, Dr. Fink. But he gave me a definition I'll always remember of all. He says all means all. That's all all means. So that's pretty simple. So it says here, do all things. How? Without murmuring, complaining, and disputing. And I have to catch myself all the time. We need to watch our attitudes. Charles Swindoll shares, Grumbling is low-toned, discontented muttering, complaining and whining, while disputing is disagreement that stir up suspicion and distrust and doubt and other disturbing feelings in others. It's a chain reaction. As the murmuring, complaining leads to to discontent and distrust within the body of Christ. And that's definitely neither have any part of godliness. I saw it while in the military as rumors would fly regarding training. If they didn't know what was going to go on, soldiers made it up. And every time that message was told to another soldier, it got a little bit different. If you know what I mean. And we've all had this happen before where you whisper somebody to somebody and 20 people later you can't even recognize what the original message was. Well, this would happen in the military and pretty soon we were going to have a change in training in the military and we were all being deployed. And all it was, we were being moved to a different location to do the training. But it got into those kind of rumors. This is the chain reaction and murmuring, complaining, discontent. That can happen within the body of Christ as well. And in the military, when all that would go on, morale would go down. And pretty soon, people didn't care. And then that was a real problem. We need to to watch that. We need to watch our attitudes. I need to watch mine. We need, you need to watch yours as well because that can be deadly in a body of Christ. Rather, we need to be concentrating on doing all things without grumbling or disputing because when we are doing that, there's a different reaction. As we look at verse 15, the positive side, that you may become blameless and harmless by growing into being godly. Titus 2.1 But as for you, speak the things that are proper for sound doctrine. I shared with an inmate a few weeks ago that growth for a Christian means making progress. He said, Yeah, but chaplain, I'm no better than I was yesterday. I said, Well, check in a month and see if you've grown. He thought it was all instant. Well, we are adopted into God's family instantly. But that sanctification, walking with the Lord on this earth, that takes a whole lifetime. So that each day, each month, each six months, we can look at our lives and say, I'm growing closer to what God wants me to be. How God wants me to live. And if there is no growth, then there's a problem. But if we can see that growth becoming more and more like Christ in our lives then we know we're walking on the right path. We're walking with the Lord day to day. We're adopted into God's family. Isn't that great? That we thank Him every morning? That we're a Christian, we're a believer, we're in America, where we still have a lot of freedoms they don't have around the world. It says, growing into being godly and being blameless and harmless, living lives that can't be criticized for sin and innocent and living a life set apart from sin. Matthew 10:16. Behold, I sent you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. People watch us. And one of the strongest testimonies that we can have is, is what's referred to in the military as, as ministry of presence. Ministry of presence. As a chaplain, the one thing I could do in the military, one thing I try to encourage at the jail, be available. If we are available, people will seek us out when tragedy hits, even if they don't know the Lord, because they see we're out there around where they're at. You sit in an office and lock the door and sit there, wait eight hours and go home. Can't have a witness that way. But if you're out among people, God will... Bring those opportunities where we can share the gospel with them. Verse 15 continues. Be blameless, innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. A lot going on, isn't there, in the world around us? But God's still on the throne. God is sovereign. God is still walking with us. And every day we have the opportunity, like Enoch, to walk with God, to live for Him. We are to be without fault. We are to be without blemish, above reproach, living lives that show God's number one. Not just saying it, but showing it. And then it says, the final part of verse 15, "...among whom you shine as light in the world." Literally, it's talking about being luminaries. Meaning we're to be like the stars surrounded by darkness. We as believers must show our godly character in the midst of a sinful world. And if we don't shine, if we don't illuminate Jesus to this dying world, who will? Say, well, somebody else can do that. No, God needs each of us to be doing it. What an honor. To illuminate Jesus to those around us that except they accept Jesus as their personal Savior are headed to everlasting hell. God desires that all of his children reflect the grace, the love and mercy of him to those we work with, those we live with, those we rub elbows with at Publix or the neighborhood Walmart. And when their cart hits our heel, we turn around and say, it's okay. we say, can't you watch your driving? Man, I think I'm injured here. Can't hardly walk now. People watch us wherever we're at. The big challenge, God can help us illuminate him to this dark world, and they need it. Because except for the grace of God, I tell inmates this every day I see him, except for the grace of God, I could be on the other side of the bars. Now we come to verse 16. Holding fast the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may have cause to glory, because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. Holding fast the word of life. Literally, offering out to others the gospel. Offering the gospel to a lost and dying world. That is our only hope. Inmates commonly get confused with all the religions, the cults, false teachings. But our reminder is that simple statement in John 14, 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes under the Father but through me. That's it. Inmates will say, well, what about this and that? I said, what does Jesus say? What does the Bible say? And if you want to try to argue with God not going to work because there's only one way and that's through jesus the rest of verse 16 paul reflects that he wants to rejoice he wants to boast of the truth of the gospel what if the rapture took place this morning in the next minute would we be ready Would say well lord i need to do this and that would we be ready to meet the lord we say, well, Lord, I, I wasted this last week, but I was going to work harder this week. We need to live each day as if it could be our last day. It could be the rapture. It could be the Lord takes us home. We're not guaranteed any certain amount of time on this earth. So every day is a gift. Every day is another day to serve Him. And it's one opportunity to take this journey on this earth. We can't waste it. 1 Thessalonians 4:16 and 17 tells us to be ready in the twinkling of an eye. We don't know when the Lord's coming, do we? When God the Father will turn to the Son and say, It's time. Go get the church. But if that doesn't occur and we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, our shepherd is there with us. He'll walk with us. Paul, through his life, had labored to the point of exhaustion. And sharing the gospel. He wanted to boast someday that the gospel of Christ is true. That day that he was sharing it and forever. It doesn't change. God's word doesn't change. The gospel doesn't change. And what happened to Paul? How many challenges did he have in life? Lystra, he was left for dead. And Luke had to patch him up. And he got up and went to the next city was shipwrecked he was thrown into prison Paul and Silas remember when they were thrown in prison what they do they began singing earthquake came they could have all left but not only did Paul and Silas stay all the other inmates that were there stayed and what a witness he had to that jailer and God saved him and his family So many times in his life, Paul saw God working, just like he does in our lives. And this being the beginning of a new year, we need to look back at 2014. How many times did God bless us? How many times did God work through something that we didn't think was any way going to work out, but God worked it out for his glory and in his timing? I had one inmate tell me about three weeks ago at one of the services. He said, chaplain, I I have a prayer request. And I I said, okay, go ahead and share that. He said, pray I get out tomorrow. (laughs) I go to court, and God lets me out. I'm going to go back to church. I said, well, what's your relationship with the Lord? You can go to church all you want. You can... Look religious from the outside, but you know, God always looks on the heart. What's your relationship with Jesus Christ? Have you accepted Him? Oh, wow, I hadn't thought of that. (laughs) That's the eternal question. What have we done regarding Jesus Christ? Did we accept the gift or did we reject it? we want to pay our own sins for our own sins or did we accept Jesus, our substitute? The third way we can be light in this dark world is uncovered in verses 17 and 18. But even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. And you too, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. That final way we can be light in this dark world is by being mutually glad to serve. Glad to serve. Not reign, not act like we're better than anyone else, but being glad to serve. Paul pictures his sacrificial service to the believers in Philippi as a drink offering. That's symbolic of the one offering an animal sacrifice pouring wine on top in front of the burning animal and the wine would vaporize. John MacArthur shares that steam symbolized the rising of the offering to the deity for whom the sacrifice was made. Paul looked at his life as he's coming near the end of it and he viewed his life as a drink offering. And here it was poured on the Philippians' sacrificial service. Paul had poured years of his life into the lives of that church in Philippi. And then the end of verse 17, Paul says, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Paul is hearing how they are showing fruit of the Spirit those believers in Philippi. And he rejoiced with them. He said, I'm so glad you're serving the Lord because you have one opportunity as you walk on this earth to serve Him and you're making wise use of it. And Paul's life was being poured out. He knew he could be killed soon. Yet here he's rejoicing with the fellow believers. He's not saying, oh, poor me. I'm at the end of my life. He's saying, it's worth it. Because I only have this one opportunity. Whatever time in life we have, one opportunity to serve God. We should rejoice. We need to be joyful as we live for the Lord. And at times pour out or sacrifice our lives for the glory of God. And you know the biggest thing we can do when a fellow believer is down, when a fellow believer is discouraged, you know the biggest thing we can do is Listen. And then we can pray for them. And I don't know how many times I I can look at my life, times when I said I'll pray for somebody, and I had good intentions, but I forgot. And the next week went by and I didn't pray for them. And then they're telling me an update of what had been going on in their lives, and wow, I forgot. One thing God has taught me, when I say, and this is just, just what I use in my own life. When I say I'm going to pray for somebody, immediately in my mind I'm praying for them. I don't want to renege. I don't want to have good intentions but not pray for somebody because when God answers that prayer in His way and he rejoices or she rejoices that God has answered that prayer, I want to rejoice with them like Paul's doing here. He's rejoicing with those in Philippi. As a hymn writer, here's just a reminder. Elisha Hoffman wrote this, You have longed for sweet peace and for faith to increase and have earnestly, fervently prayed, but you cannot have rest or be perfectly blessed until all on the altar is laid. Is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid, your heart does the spirit control. You can only be blessed and have peace and sweet rest as you yield him your body and soul. It's a good summary how we need to walk with the Lord. Paul was coming to the end of life on earth, and he had poured all into sharing the gospel with the lost. The church in Philippi had started out very small, a few people, but it had grown to great numbers, not because of what Paul who he was, but rather what God was doing through Paul. He was a veteran missionary. He wanted to encourage them. Keep strong in the faith. Share your faith. And so Paul was looking forward to that day when the Lord would say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That should be our prayer as we walk with God. So final review of these four exhortations for these last days. Stand firm, even when persecuted. Even when challenged, say, Lord, give me the words to say. Help me to have an opportunity to share the gospel with them. Stand firm. God will hang on to our feet. We won't be moved if we're founded in God's word. Secondly, be united by humility. Put others first. That's not the way the world says. How many commercials do we see all the time going on? Well, you're worth it. You're number one. And again, as an illustration, I used... A few times ago, when these sports figures, a lot of playoffs going on now, you get these guys down at the end and they score a goal, what do they do? Oh, show my muscles. Wow, look at me. Or they point over here, point over there. They kind of strut around. That's not humility. That's what the world promotes. God says be humble. Be united by humility. Because if we're all looking out for each other... Wouldn't that be a total blessing? Instead of wasting time saying, well, he's got more than I do. God's blessing him more than me. Why am I getting a short end? Instead saying, I want to rejoice with you that God has given you what you've given. That's showing humility. Be united by humility. The Holy Spirit brings us together. Thirdly, remember Jesus Christ's example of humility. He came from the throne. God Came down and put on a body. We'll never know. When Jesus said on the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That separation. When all our sins were placed on Jesus, on the cross, Jesus did that for us. What a tremendous example we have before us. And then finally, be light in this dark world. We need to show Jesus to this lost world. Are we lights in this dark world? We as believers in the faith builders, Sunday school class, are we lights in this dark world in Pinellas County, wherever we're from, wherever we're at? Can the world see Jesus in us? Do we let God's light shine through us like stars in the dark sky? Have we laid our all On the altar. Have we given him our being. Our bodies and our souls. To God. Are we living for him. All of us must illuminate Jesus. To those around us. Paul exhorts us. In God's word instructs us. To pour out our lives. Serving Jesus. And we in America are so blessed. As a nation. We have so much to be thankful for. That we can gather together like this without fear, without somebody standing at the end of the door looking to be found out and maybe thrown into jail for a meeting together. We still have that freedom. And while we have that freedom, we need to be sharing Jesus with this lost world. I pray this study has challenged all of us to remember to give our best to the Lord for His glory. Because all we do and say and think should be for the glory of God and no less. Let's bow in prayer. Great God and Father, thank you so much for these exhortations. Father, we're thankful that we're still here today to serve you. Father, help us to remain strong in you. Help us to remember Jesus, the example, the one exalted who is now Lord and our Lord, the name above all names, help us to show humility and not pride. Help us, Father, to be light in this dark world, a world that desperately needs you in America as well as around the world. Give us the strength to do so through your Holy Spirit, and may we apply your word to our lives even today. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.